Hello, and welcome to the Soul Full of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel. On today's episode, I explore a sex positive and not safe for work topic with a cis female friend, marketing guru, and self-proclaimed rope bunny, Jojo. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to share it out with your networks and go give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Let's jump into it. Jojo, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, you gorgeous gal. <laughs> ah, it's so good to have you here. We are going to dive into exactly what a rope bunny is and <laughs> some other super fun, not safe for work. Hope you're not listening to this on a speaker at work. If you are, put some headphones in. <laughs> it's not for everybody. That's okay. That's totally okay. It also might be for you and you might be surprised. Uh, jumping into this, to set the stage with some definitions here, folks listening maybe have heard the word kink before, maybe aren't sure what that means. Uh, So let's talk about what kink is and give us your definition of that. Of course. And just as a disclaimer for anyone listening, I consider myself a complete newbie when it comes to this stuff. I've been in the scene for about two years and there's just a constant evolution of learning that you just keep doing (laughs) forever. (laughs) But Kink is really part of BDSM, and BDSM stands for bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadism, and masochism. Mm. Those are just elements that make up what BDSM is, and kinks are just kind of the little children that come running after it. What are your kinks, right? So that leads us to my next question. Mm. What's your kink or kinks, since I understand that there can be multiple Yes. So something about the BDSM community is there are a lot of individual definitions for different terms Mm -hmm. that have that there can be completely no relation to one another. And so for me, I'm a submissive type. So I like to be in a role where I am providing something and I give up my power, essentially. A common thing with a lot of submissives is that in their what we would call vanilla life, <laughs> vanilla is essentially non-kink. So in my vanilla life, I am completely alpha. I'm a power control person. I'm in a corporate job. I am always in charge and I have power all the time. So the thing that is most gratifying and satisfying for me is when I'm in a position where I have no power. So it kind of balances out your life it balances out my life Mm. but my life specifically when you say that you are a submissive you don't mean that that means that you like being hurt like a masochist these are different terms correct yes so there are a lot of different types of way that you can describe or define a person these definitions can definitely vary and change depending on your community depending on who's defining these terms But there is kind of a general gist, a general understanding. A submissive type like myself is the whole, it's giving up power, it's giving it into someone else who would be considered a dominant type. And a dominant type is someone who's in charge, who holds, you know, the leash, if you want to call it like that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) both literally or just figuratively. But that said... My personal king, sir, if you want to give me terms, it would be submissive. I'm also a masochist. So a masochist is someone who enjoys receiving pain. Mm. On the flip coin of that is a sadist who enjoys providing and giving pain. 
And that can be varying levels, you know, it can be something as really like tiny as pinching you to like full on, I'm going to swing a bat at you. And this is where we are. (laughs) Okay. So those are your kinks. What is a rope bunny? Another one of my kinks. I consider myself a rope bunny. There are a few different ways to describe this. Rope bunny is a similar term for what would be considered a rope bottom, which is someone who likes to be tied up. Now, some people do not like the term rope bunny. There are varied reasons. That could be personal preference. That could be any connotation that's tied with it. Someone had like a traumatic experience with a bunny and they just <laughs> don't want to go there. You know, like it They're could like, be I'm that. a rope alligator. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> but well, if they I, bite, that makes sense. <laughs> I think the term rope bunny is fucking cute as all hell. It's endearing. So I like, I like it. it, which also is bottom and top. Dom, sub, sadist, masochist. There are so many different things. and that Those just barely scratch the surface of how many different types of things and people and identities you can be. So could you be a top but not be a sadist because you don't like causing or Completely. inflicting pain? Okay. Yeah. Generally, from my understanding, a top is someone who likes to perform during a scene, a session, a specific time. They don't necessarily want it to be part of their lifestyle. Whereas someone who would say, I'm a dominant type, that's more of a lifestyle thing. That's not just, I want to do this here and now. I want to do this always in whatever ways we can. Because, right, we're all fucking human. Uh, It's not like we fit into these categories perfectly all the time. But the thing that I'm looking for is a 24-7 DS Mm -hmm. total power exchange relationship. Cool. So that's 24-7, a dom-sub type combo. Where, you know, if I realistically, if I lived that, I can't just be a sub at work all the time and stuff like that. I can't represent those things. But there are things like having different protocols, different rules where, you know, maybe my dom picks out the outfit that I wear that day and they decide Mm -hmm. that for me. And that's me submitting to them there are a million different things it's not as extreme or always as like overtly sexual as people like to think it is it can be like as small as that like it can be completely small like chooses that. your outfit what color nail polish do I wear what type of makeup is my hair up or down like it can be so simple and then it can be extreme too you know when you have a chance at work, I want you to kneel on the ground, take a picture and send it to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In your fucking office. Like <laughs> there can be so many different varied, like it is literally just scratching the surface. So of, like, it, what's and it's possible. up to those people that are in that relationship. Of Completely. Course, just so. like, just like any relationship at all, not even romantically exclusive. This is friendships too. You know, every person has a different connection and they have a different bond and, What we go through is just deciding what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Uh, What are the things that I like about this and don't like? How do we communicate, right? That's just a human-to-human bond thing. So when you get into relationships, yes. When you get into power dynamics and kink and BDSM, it just gets more defined. And your boundaries and everything about your dynamic, it's clear, which is something that I personally love. Everything's over-communicated in the BDSM community where I don't have to guess what's right. I don't have to guess what's wrong. And I think that's a big issue in the vanilla community is Mm. you go go on a date, right? At the end of the date, it's like, are you going to touch me? Are you going to kiss me? Do I want that to happen? Uh, Are we going to talk again? 
Are we going to communicate? Any of those things, right? And those Mm -hmm. are also just basic level end of date kind of things, right? Am I happy? Am I satisfied? Are you happy? Are you satisfied? Is there compatibility here? And all of those things get ironed out and defined when it comes to kink and when it comes to the BDSM community. That's so awesome. And I do want to take a step back because there's one other term that I know you've told me about that I had never heard before, uh, which is a switch. Can you tell us what a switch is um, and kind of explain that for us? Totally. So a switch is someone who can identify in both roles and it can be it's a very varied thing because it means that this person has the ability to play the dominant role in situations they have the empowerment to be a submissive in different ones and this can change and it can look so individual for like case by case and to each relationship you enter to so you might be you might be a submissive type and then meet somebody and then kind of want to do, uh, you know, be a top or be a dom for them. I guess in that case, it would be a top, right? Because you're switching, in which case you're kind of a switch for that person, but maybe not all the time. Maybe it's like a 10%, 90%, and it just depends on the person. It depends on the person. It also, you could be a dom and a sub. It's really dependent on the people that are in the relationship. Like, for example, if I were a switch, I've thought about this a lot, right? You go in and you explore these different roles and you figure out like what speaks to you and what you respond to the most. And if I thought if I was a switch, I couldn't do both. You know, for me, if I'm submitting to someone and then they're a switch and they want to be submissive to me, that completely disconnects in my own brain. Mm -hmm. I can't look at you as a dom and think that you're a dom and then suddenly you want me to do that. Like, that does not click with me. If I were ever to be a switch or consider myself as such, it would be individual relationships, meaning only with this person am I a dom. Mm. Only with this person am I a sub. I couldn't do the mix and match, but a lot of switches can. A lot of switches end up dating other switches for that reason because they both enjoy being the more dominant, you know, and in charge and in control. And at the same time they both like to give up control and be a little powerless and and things like that I know couples that are fairly 50 50 when it comes to switching I also know couples that are like 70 30 like it's more rare Mm -hmm. you know I mean just like anything else in life it's really just going to depend on who you're with and what you consider yourself and what gives you all the good feels awesome and I feel like there is one other term that we haven't talked about dominatrix I've heard that before tell me about that term or what you know of that mm-hmm. is it used a lot because I, I hear dom a lot but I haven't been hearing dominatrix in that community so from my understanding and my own perception it is a female mm-hmm. dominant person but there are also different spellings so for me in my oh, head when okay. I say dom I say it in two ways Dom, D-O-M, which would be generally someone who identifies as male. Okay. And then for someone who identifies as female, it would be D-O-M-M-E. Oh. So in my head, like, (laughs) you know, there are different ways that, like, I say things with different meanings as well. Dominatrix for me, I'm pretty sure that just means that it's a female dominant type. Thank you for that little mini lesson. Anytime. And I'm sure anyone can correct me if needed. We're cheersing to this. Uh, Jojo is drinking wine straight from the bottle. Don't choke. (laughs) 
And I am drinking wine <laughs> from a sippy cup because growing up is super overrated and spilling is a real problem. Yeah, growing so. up sucks, which is why I'm drinking it straight from the goddamn <laughs> bottle. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to text your dom right now. They'll be thrilled. And be like, how much more of this should I drink? Tell me what to do. Okay, so moving forward, I would love to hear, and I'm sure people listening want to hear, how do you get involved? Mm-hmm. How, you know, at a young age, did you know that you had kinks or... Like, what kind of was the slippery slope that got you to being involved in this community? You said that it's been two years that you've been, you know, involved in some sense. Just what does that look like? And kind of help people know a little bit more about your story. So my story is one that kind of echoes in the community, and it's not really a great one. Um, So as you do when you're dating these days, you go on a fucking app, right? Yeah. And so... The first dominant type person that I interacted with was someone that I actually found on Tinder and we just like went out on a date for drinks and we were just chatting. And as we talked more, you know, he asked me if I was kinky or if I was submissive. Like how early on, like date one? Or um, what? Like within the first week. Oh, wow. That was fast. <laughs> so he obviously had his interests yeah the interests they be out there what, what was your reaction when like for the first time someone asked you are you kinky like what did you my reaction was how do you know oh my gosh okay cool so you already knew at that point so here's the thing right okay so i'll start with this story <laughs> it's it's kind of two separate things um so you know we talked we dated for a while and at, the more we dated the more we kind of explored that you know yeah he showed me like a social networking site similar to Facebook, but just fucking kinky as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, where there's a lot of information, a lot of resources, a lot of talking. So you can kind of explore things and get a bearing of what's going on, right? And, you know, we had different protocols for each other. You know, he decided what I wore, he decided different things that we would do, and just all kinds of things. We dated for a while. So something else that I'm into, right, is I'm a masochist. I love pain. And so throughout different times together, we would be getting ready to freaking have sex, right? Like making out, doing the things. And he'd bring out his toys, which there are a myriad of toys you can use, such as canes, such as whips, paddles, hands, you know, the list goes on and on. So I would, you know, be hit with things (laughs) happily. (laughs) (laughs) But there's always a line, right? So for me, when I first got into the scene, I thought I'm a submissive type. So that means that you're always perfect. You never say no. You always want to please. You always want to do what you think is the right thing to do. So essentially what I ended up in was an abusive situation. With this guy? With this particular person, yes. Okay. Half because I was uneducated and I didn't know better and I should have known better. Um, Half because he also didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And just went off. Did he have maybe different intentions? I mean, I definitely think he was a type of person that really was just uneducated, didn't know better, but didn't care to learn how Mm. to be better. And I think that's the biggest difference. Everyone fucks up. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone will hurt someone in some way at some time. Uh, But the difference is, like, the intent behind it, right? Like, do I want to evolve from this situation? Do I want to learn? Do I want to change? I don't want to be that person that hurts other people without their permission. (laughs) And so... That's the consent piece. Yeah. We had a safe word. 
which for anyone who doesn't know in the BDSM community, if you are in anything, it could be emotional, could be sexual, could be just physical. There are a lot of different ways. If you have a safe word, it means stop. It means I want everything to end and I am feeling something negative, whether that's emotional turmoil, whether that's PTSD, it's triggering, however you want to really explain it, or you just need to go to the bathroom and it's been a minute. Like there are other things for that. Okay. <laughs> so uh, do you have a specific safe word that you use? Um, so there are some generic things with this person. I'm allergic to oranges. And so he decided that my safe word would be orange because it would make me not want to say it, uh, which was cute. And it was funny and stuff like that. But there was a particular time when we were, you know, having a scene, I was getting hit with different things. I used my safe word and it was completely ignored. Oh no, that's awful. Which is fucking taboo and not the fun kind of taboo. Um, and so Essentially, it became a very abusive situation, and I thought, you know, be a good submissive. Just lean into it, figure out how to cope. Don't be a bitch. Take it, you know? And that is just purely, like, educational. I'm a very fucking fierce person and a strong person, so when I look back on it now, I'm like, how the hell did I even end up there? Like, what the hell was that even? You know what I mean? But when you're sucked into it and you're new... And you want to do good by another person. I think a lot of things can get confusing and hazy. And it seemed like he had more knowledge, quote, knowledge on the topic than you did. Or it was perceived that way. It was definitely perceived that way. So combine that with the fact that you were in a role of submissiveness. Mm -hmm. Submission? Submission. I'm really good at this. You're Um, so good. (laughs) (laughs) Vocabulary. But... (laughs) Yeah, both of those things combined, yeah. it's, it's kind of meant to be a powerless situation. So this happened to you. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody else that so is something interested that, that this might happen to I them? learned from this situation that's really fucking important <laughs> is just because you are a submissive type, it does not mean you always say yes. It does not mean you don't ask questions. It does not mean you do not over-clarify your boundaries, your definitions, everything that you have to say everyone has limitations you know and even if you want to try some shit out and you want to get out there and test the waters it doesn't mean at any point you should say no or let someone who disregards your feelings completely just do so so I mean when it comes to my experience I am a make a mistake once and learn from it forever type of person amen And so that was my learning experience. It is a story that echoes throughout the community completely. It is not an uncommon story for someone who has quote unquote predatory behavior to take advantage of someone who's new, doesn't know better and just wants to do good, especially as a submissive type. I think that's a little bit more common. Yeah, totally. That's makes a lot of sense. And, you know, maybe somebody listening right now is going to take in your story and Mm -hmm. avoid Totally. Making that same mistake that you made, which obviously can be physically painful yeah, and emotionally harmful um, and mentally harmful. So hopefully we can help people navigate away from that, but also totally. still see that the kink community, BDSM community is, you know, maybe not all those things. People, s- I think there's a lot of misconceptions. There's a lot <laughs> about the community and we're going to get into that. But before we do. Yes. I think another great thing that you could tell us a little bit more about 
is your first ever big event that you went to where, you know, folks in the BDSM slash kink community came together, kind of set the scene for us. What's that like? Because folks who are listening who maybe have never been to anything like this or heard of it or maybe went to something, but it was totally weird or I mean it's probably always weird in some way right but it's amazing (laughs) but tell us about your experience uh, totally entertain us I'd love to hear it so there are I would categorize two separate main types of events okay one would be a social gathering where you can meet like-minded folks and that's literally like if you have heard of that site like meet up you're like oh I want to go hiking but I don't know who to go with and there's like oh a bunch of people going hiking and you can go join them it's the same concept it is What is a common interest? What's a commonality between us? Let's get together. Let's have a drink. Let's eat some food. Let's get to know each other. Meet your community. That's type one. That's type one. And those are called munches. Munches. Yes. So. Because you a snack. Because you a goddamn snack. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what's the other type of event? Because we're talking about this other kind of event, correct? So, yes. So the other type of event could be called a myriad of things. Uh, Typically, it's. Some type of event with a theme at a sex positive club. Okay. And these are these clubs like exclusively this or they host these events sometimes? It's a little bit of a mix. There are okay. there is a good amount in Portland. Um each have a different personality as well as an a crowd, you know, that's kind of associated with each, right? Some of them are places of business and stuff like that and just different types of venues where they host a kinky night. Like and once a month or something. Totally. Cool. Uh, some are like exclusively kind of devoted to the BDSM community and will regularly host things like classes, things like events, social gatherings, etc., etc. So set the scene for us. You're going to this big event, the first one that you went to, and... Like what time of day is it? What do you what do you wear? What yeah. do people wear to this? <laughs> um, did you go alone? Did you just roll in? Like totally. What was, what was that like for you? The first event that I went to was after I had kind of come back from this experience. Right, I had this really awful experience, my first experience in kink, and then I shied away from it. I thought, okay, if this is what kink is, I want no fucking part of it, and I'm out. You know, I entered a very vanilla relationship, which ended for a myriad of reasons one of them being I was not satisfied when it came to kink and when it came to my sex life and even just different personality things that come along with BDSM Mm -hmm. and so after I had kind of gotten over this experience gotten through this vanilla relationship I decided I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna give it my all I'm going out there I'm doing all of it and so the kind of social networking site that I use there are there's a list of events that you can kind of explore you can go through you can see and so the first event that I actually went to was a femme dom event f-e-m-m-e d-o-m-m-e event it's all about females who are the dominant types or men and women and all kinds of identities who submit to them okay and so my first event was fucking awesome. <laughs> what like what time does this event start? Typically they start in the late evening or er, late is a is a term which is like totally fucking on your own perspective. Totally. But this event in particular started at 9 p.m. and ended at 2 a.m. 
Okay. I got ready. I have a certain kink wear. It was my first event, so I wasn't quite sure what to wear and things like that. So I just wore like a black skirt, some fishnet tights, some like ankle boots and a cute top that was like slightly revealing, right? (laughs) And then I went out. I went to the club. First off, there is a cover fee, just like any event you're going to go to. I believe this one was 15 or $20. And then there's also kind of sets of forms that you fill out. You look at the rules of this particular venue when it comes to these types of events. What are some of like the common rules that they state on a form so, like that? Some of the very common rules are you are entering a sex club. Yeah. I, you know. Like you consent to this. You're an adult. You are consenting to this outing that you're going to and participating in and you're part of it and you know what the fuck you're getting yourself into. Essentially, that's what it's saying. Okay. There's also things like ask permission to touch people and to approach people. If someone says no, respect that the first time. If you're seen or someone hears that you are approaching someone without consent, without want, you will be kicked out of the club. Other ones are... Phones are typically not allowed in, and even if they are, they are to be put away. Clubs will kick you out for checking a text message. Where do you put your phone? Like, do you roll into the event without a phone typically? Or no, I always do. I have my location on too. There are certain safety things that I put in, you know, for my own self. And so typically, I just have my phone in my purse, and then there is there's you know depending on the venue you're going to, there are different things you can do. I pay to check my stuff in at a coat check. Some have free cubbies. Others will have lockers where you can add your own lock and key to it, things like that. So I just put it away for the night. It's one of those unplugged kind of things because if you're seen taking pictures, if you're seen with your phone out, a lot of the times you will be kicked out of the club and you will not be allowed to come back in for that And you should be because of privacy. Yeah, totally. Exactly. There are just like a myriad of rules, but those are some of like the kind of common ones that come off the top of my head. Okay, cool. So... Uh, We covered kind of what that looks like. Once you get into the club, I know they're all different, especially because the events are different. They're themed and stuff like that. But kind of just give us an idea of what that experience is like. I know there's different rooms. There's different stuff happening in different rooms. So totally. Like what, what was that like? So I'll talk about my first experience exclusively because there are so many different types. Um, totally. So the first one, it was a semi small venue, maybe like a few hundred people could fit in there. Like if you were all packed in there, right. That tells us how big some of these events are. That's called semi small. (laughs) It's just a couple hundred people, semi small, you know, kind of like a get together. Just something casual. You walk in and (laughs) it's kind of just like a club setup, right? There's music going, dimmed lights, colored lights, things like that. At this particular event, you kind of walk in, you get settled, uh, you go grab a drink if you want, or just kind of hang out and walk around. There's a there's another portion to the event where performances will go on, whether that's like a little strip tease or a little dance or a performance in kink sense, meaning that things are tied in. Like there was one where a girl had a collar on that had like nine rings on it and she fucking pointed to people and like threw like part of her leash, you know, to them. And there were like nine people holding on to her kind of a thing. You know, like there's a <laughs> bunch of shit that happens. <laughs> and then after the performances were done, you like mix and mingle, chat with people, meet people. In a lot of these clubs in this event as well, there are different areas where you can do different things. So there is kind of like a, an area where you could go and participate in pickup play, which is having sex with people consensually. Something that's been negotiated, something that's been talked about, something that is fully everyone wants to actively participate and is that in a private area or like folks can watch 
people can watch. And there's, is there never private areas for something like that? Or pretty much it's always, I know that the events are different, but from what you've experienced, are there private areas? Yeah, there are. Typically every place I've been to has at least one place that's private. Some clubs go all out and there are multiple rooms. Like you're walking kind of into like a venue that's like half hotel, half club, you know? This space, this event, this particular crowd is more of an exhibitionist crowd, which is the I want to be seen. Mm. And the other side of that is the voyeur. Voyeur is someone who wants to check everything out. They want to watch. They want to see things. So, I mean, that is kind of like the opposite or something that's compatible with that, right? Someone who's an exhibitionist who wants to do a scene with a play partner, but they have a friend that's a voyeur. They could come and watch. The exhibitionist could show off and be watched. And everyone could get off. (laughs) It'd be great. So, yeah. So, there are people who are having sex in these clubs. There are people who are doing a lot of things. So, one question that I have that I feel like other people listening to this might have Mm -hmm. is, like, is there, like, a creepy dude in the corner jacking off? Like, does that happen? (laughs) Do, like, people have to stop that? Or, like, that would be my concern, I think, going into something like this. If I was, like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to be at this event. And when I get in there and I see all these, like, dudes there, I might be, like, oh, my God, somebody's about to pull a dick out. Like, (laughs) I would be, like, kind of concerned about that. Totally. Does that happen? Or, like, is that in the rules that, like, hey, keep your dick in your pants? Like, Again, different clubs have varying So some clubs might allow that. Uh, I don't might be like an area. For I don't it. think it's necessarily <laughs> allowed, but I think yeah. there are people. And when there's a busy ass event, people are discreet about things. Right. Yeah. In my experience, that has only happened once. And I've gone to a lot of events at the same club. Like you witnessed it. Someone broke rules and mm. interrupted a scene of mine to ask me if they could jack off by watching me. Wow. And I immediately screamed for a DM, which is a dungeon master who is someone who is there to make sure that the rules are in place and that person was kicked out of the club. Because something else, if you are performing a scene in any kind of way, whether that's play, whether someone's hitting you with stuff, whatever is going on, dungeon etiquette is a thing. Don't interrupt someone's scene. Do not (laughs) interrupt... It's like anything. If you're doing anything, do you want to be interrupted? Do you want questions being asked? No, that's going to pull you out of the headspace you're in. It's going to interrupt your vibe and what's going on. It's just kind of a don't be a dick thing. (laughs) Don't be a dick, especially with your dick. What it did for me is I was completely in a space. And it threw you off. And it completely interrupted that. And that's completely against dungeon etiquette. Did it ruin the scene for you? If I let Mm. it, it could have interrupted a scene and it can. Same thing as... You know, if you are watching an impact scene, which is, you know, someone being hit with something in any kind of force or not a lot of force or whatever you want to say, you know, fucking if you're at a baseball game, are you going to sit right behind the person who's swinging the bat waiting to get hit with something? No, you're not going to do that. If you're an audience member, you're going to jump over the bleachers and into the fucking field and you're going to go run after that ball. No, you're going to sit and you're going to watch exactly as you're meant to what a bold move for a guy to like pretty much be like hey i know you guys are doing something here but like what if i pulled my dick out <laughs> like what the essentially fuck? it's like hey i know you've <laughs> got a game going on um but i'm gonna come and hit yeah i'm gonna come and like take one of those hits and stuff like that no fuck off get the fuck out of my way get the fuck out of my headspace and the dungeon master grabs you and drags you from the club the guy was kicked out yeah 
and then never to be seen again. Thank goodness. Because it's just not cool. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, even in an intimate setting, even if you're not kinky, if you are doing something with your partner that's intimate and you want it between you two and someone else comes in and they're like, hey, hey, what's up? I'm, I'm just coming in. I need to grab something real quick. Oh, you guys are, you know, you're having fun. It looks great. Like, no, fuck off. Get out the fuck out. If no. it was interactive, <laughs> we would have told you it was interactive. If I wanted you to be participating, I would have asked for your consent to be part of the scene. And there would be a whip in your hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'm glad we could cover that because I think that's something that probably folks would think of at least something that I thought of uh, as being kind of like so a barrier to going in like oh some weird guy my really my really quick answer for that is it can happen yes you're walking into a sex club it can happen because people look like people and not all people in any setting Mm -hmm. sex club or otherwise have good motives or good intentions totally just like any society you walk into but the thing is there are people here to protect you yep. and make sure that you feel safe and you feel comfortable. So if you don't feel comfortable and you go up to a DM and you say, like, this guy's creeping me out. He interrupted my scene. He won't leave me alone. Any of those things. It's He's not out. It's not something that's nego- – it's not something you talk about. You broke the rules that you agreed to when you came into this venue space. You're not allowed back. Good. It's good to hear that the community has these people in place. That there are rules in place going into something like this that is like naturally very intimate, naturally very just there's a lot of senses being activated by (laughs) something like that. Sight, hearing, feeling like also events like that where there's a lot going on. It's not for everyone. And that's totally fucking okay. And it doesn't mean that you're not kinky and it doesn't mean you're not in the BDSM community. Like everyone has different flavors, right? If events are go if. You like going to events. You're the type of person that likes to go to concerts. You like to go to like outdoor movie night. You know what I mean? Like all of those kind of social gathering things. If that's your thing and you're also kinky, then yeah, maybe check out an event. The first event I went to was a femme dom event and it was great, especially as a female entering this scene. It was really nice to be surrounded by people who just wanted to do something for you, wanted to connect. It was a very mellow event. It's one of the kindest events. Um, or at least friendly and like most approachable things, I would say. And if a man was coming, if a cis male was coming to the event, then they had to show some form of dominant or some form of submission, meaning there is a dress code. So any cis male coming had to wear a collar. They weren't allowed. You're not allowed to wear dress shoes or like kind of a suit or anything like that, because that's also kind of a form of showing that you're a dominant type. Yeah. A lot of people would interpret it that way. And so if you're a man, you know, coming to this event and you're a switch or you're a dom, you had to show that you were open to being submissive and you're not there to do any of like the ownership stuff, which is why I think it's personally one of the best events you can go to if you're new and you're a woman and you're a little bit intimidated or scared or confused about you know what to expect from things. It can be really easy to feel that way. Awesome. That is all so insightful. Thank you so much for sharing. Love that you just took a giant swig of <laughs> wine. I'm here for you. <laughs> uh, you are here for me. I'm here for you. And we are here for... We're here together the across the universe. <laughs> That's right. So something that we haven't talked about yet that probably folks listening to this are like, okay, this is the Soul Full of It podcast. 
We already know that this podcast is all over the place because it's so full of it. Uh, But what about this is soulful? What about this is empowering? What about what you're doing, uh, you know, brings that aspect to your life? So if you could share a little bit with us about those things. So when I found the BDSM community and I really started getting into it, I started learning things, educating myself, getting out there and meeting a lot of people that are in the community. Something that I found is that nothing has given me more gratification out of an experience Mm. for me it's kind of funny because I think one of the questions earlier was like do you always know you're kinky or is this something that just like sprouts up one day and like here I am like oh my god hit me again and if you talk (laughs) to any gay person they're gonna tell you no it's not something you just decide it's something about who you are okay and it's funny because I've had conversations with people in the scene um and we've talked about you know like what are what are some of those things? What does that kind of look like, right? And for me, I look back on my childhood, which was incredibly safe. I had a normal upbringing in a Catholic, suburban, Irish, you know, family and stuff like that. Everything was very vanilla, very, very much so. But what did I like to do, right, as a kid? <laughs> I like to tie up all my dolls and all my animals. Oh, wow. <laughs> not living animals, not li- like stuffed animals. Stuffed animals. Just to, you know. We love animals. <laughs> we love animals. We love animals. Yes. The animals are safe. No no animals were harmed no. during this podcast <laughs> Not recording. Not at all. <laughs> the animals are safe, and they if they come across us, we will pet them. And yes. That's it. Yes. And walk them and feed them and, and take care of them. And just be, you know, good people. And love them. <laughs> but back to your childhood. But you freak. Just I kidding. would <laughs> I tie up this. my dolls. <laughs> I would give myself hickeys on my arm and stuff like that. So you kind of were into, like, the look of that. If I got spanked for being in trouble I like wasn't against it (laughs) (laughs) things like that and it's just so fun I always wanted to be naked I always wanted fuzzy blankets around me like different things that were just like telltale signs maybe like not every like quote-unquote normal kid does these things (laughs) and it wasn't really until I got into the community and talked to people about their experiences through childhood all seemingly normal because I think an easy tie people make is like, oh, you like to be hit, so you were abused at some point, and this is mm. your way of coping with that. That does happen. It is not the rule. Yeah. It's the exception. You know, like, things like that just, they do happen, and certain people can cope with it in that way. For me, I was never abused in any type of way. I just fucking am a pain slut. And that's kind of, <laughs> that's all it comes down to. <laughs> Hashtag pain slut. That is something else. And I'm here for it. You know, I'm, I'm here for you. So how has this community or this experience empowered you? It's empowered me in so many ways. For me, this was the puzzle piece missing from my life. Literally. I've always felt like something was missing. I've always felt like I haven't like found my place really. Um, and that it wasn't really understood. Even when it came to people like you who are like one of my best friends and stuff like that, there's a part of me that like I could never fully explain to you in a way that you'd fully understand, which is fair, right? Like that's just people. But when I found this community of people, it was like, okay, like these are like my people, you know, they're like me. They understand me. They get me and stuff like that. And it's all about communication, consent, negotiation. There's nothing more safe than someone who is truly into BDSM because, again, there are predators who 
are around in the scene because they think they can get away with things if you let them. Mm. But it's been incredibly fulfilling. It's the piece that's been missing that I can finally define and point at. It's kind of like when you're sick, right? And you're like, oh, my God, like, my ankle hurts. I have no idea why or whatever. Like, I can't remember what I did to it or whatever. And then you're like, oh, right, 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 I tripped uh, and I fell. (laughs) (laughs) That specific impact was what hurt my ankle, right? And so it's just like discovering and pointing out something and saying, okay, I can identify this. I know what this is now. This is where this comes from. And this is where this comes from, you know? And so, and that's me. That's, I found this scene and it was something that fit automatically and like so intrinsically that it's something that is going to be part of my lifestyle forever. And the more I look back, it has been part of my lifestyle forever. I just didn't know what to call it. And now you're part of a community that fully accepts you yes. in all of your ways. Completely. Which is like the iceberg above the water. And now there's this community that's also seeing below the water. Completely. Yeah. So it's, it's the community aspect is amazing. It's one of the things I love the most about it is that you find all of these people, all these sexual deviants that you can just like <laughs> surround yourself with and who get you. And you know, there's that whole my kink is not your kink. Kink shaming is a thing that oh, is avoided. So it's just saying, you know, I'm into what I'm into. Everyone's into something. Vanilla and kinky, right? We're all straight into up. something. Dude, I'm so into Mexican food. Straight up, I'm here for it. And man. I'm not here to judge you. It's not going to get for me what off, type of food but you I'm like. about to eat that <laughs> shit for real. Um, I love that. So it's just been a very fulfilling part of my life because I feel fucking powerful. I am a very powerful person. I'm a very strong person. I'm very intelligent. I own my shit completely. And for me personally, it's satisfying for me to be able to look at how strong I am as my own person and then find someone else who I say, look, I trust you. I'm here with you. You know my limitations. You know my boundaries, all of those things. And what I love the most is I give that to you now. I give that to you and I trust you with that. It's a release. It is. It's a complete release. And, and it's, it's a balance. It's so good. In your life, which is awesome. So something that I did in preparation of Jojo and I doing this podcast episode, because I am so uneducated on this. I'm sure some of you are like, is Carrie into BDSM? I'm not, but I could be. I don't know. <laughs> it's a slippery slope, it sounds <laughs> like. But I was like, okay, so going into this, I don't have a whole lot of uh, education on it myself. Obviously, Jojo and I are close friends. We've had a lot of conversations. That's been really helpful. But I'm very much like the kinesthetic visual learner. I knew that I needed to kind of throw myself into the experience. And so I went to a sex club. I'm totally just kidding. JK. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> I didn't go to a sex club, but what I did do is I went to one of the, quote, munches. Yes. Because I'm a snack. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. I like I was actually kind of professionally dressed, which is hilarious. I went to get lunch that day. <laughs> and this, like, lunch place I usually go to, mm-hmm. it, it was Mexican food. What a shock. On brand. <laughs> Anyways, I went and got, like, my burrito, and this guy was like, wow you look like really professional and nice. And I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going to a networking event. 
And then I was like, this is hilarious. I think I overdressed. And I did. <laughs> like, let's be honest, I did. I was like wearing this like really nice top. And like, I came from work too. It's all good. I was very professionally dressed and it was kind of hilarious. But from going to that event um, and the structure of that event, I'm actually going to have JoJo explain the structure of the event. Well, actually, I'll give you a little bit more of an insight of what I saw and please add to it. Totally. Essentially, they had a speaker who came in. She was super educated. She has like a business that has to do with the kink community. It sounded like it was kind of a sex therapy thing as well. And she kind of did like an educational session for about an hour. And then afterwards, people just hung out, grabbed drinks. It was essentially just happy hour for people who want to talk about some kinky shit. And I went to that with Jojo. Uh, My observations looking around the room just kind of being a fish out of water, I was surprised to see that the audience was, first off, big. It was packed. Like, there was not a seat in the room that wasn't taken. People were standing. I think there were, like, at least 50 people there in, Which like, it a was small, small space. Venue. A it was small space. It was getting hot in there, for real, yes. for more reasons than one. So I was surprised by that first. Uh, and then the, back to the diversity, I was really surprised by how many different types of sexual orientations were there. And I say surprise lightly, not that I was like, I'm not completely unaware of things, but I was just impressed. Honestly, I was like, wow, there's trans folk here. There's definitely gay people here. And another thing that I think is surprising is that there were couples that were clearly monogamous, just like maybe even husband and wife. And I saw multiple couples that were there, like getting educated as a couple. I definitely saw some older people there too the community was every age so like me I'm late 20s that hurts to say oh my god Um, get over yourself (laughs) I'm like I'm still 21 no I'm not (laughs) anyways um yeah there was all different ages I saw some like older gentlemen there that like I was just looking at them and I thought to myself I would never know I would never know not in a million years that you were into anything like this because people are people that's right <laughs> so it's just like i think i was most shook and slash impressed right by how normal it actually was and then also the actual session itself it was very educational i mean i literally took notes and found it so interesting and just was fascinated by the whole experience but that's kind of was my take on that what would be like anything that you have to add to that Jojo? Totally. It's uh, you're not far off on anything. I mean, you're spot on for your experience, right? We're all going to have a different take and a different experience and reaction. Right. And so that was your take. So typically munches are all about social gatherings and, you know, just for like-minded folk. Right. Um, and they tend to be educational. There are different not types. Always. Yeah. Okay. There are different types. There are the particular one that I frequent is a munch where the first, about hour usually it's a little bit longer than that but typically like the first like 70 minutes of that there is a class covering a certain topic and these topics can range completely uh i've gone to classes that are just about you know queer what is that what does it look like how do you add kink into that or what does it look like when kink is already part of that you know and the class that we went to was on rough sex and rough housing, things like that. And there are classes that are just all over the place that a lot of people would enjoy, honestly. But kinky people are just ready to fucking absorb that information. 
And um, it was interactive too. That I think that's another cool thing to throw out. I don't know if they're all like that, but this one. They're not all like that. She asked for people to give stories or Most insights. Most of them are like that. It was really cool. It was yeah. cool. I felt like there was a whole nother wealth of knowledge that mm-hmm. was being tapped into because she was asking for insights from people in the audience. Totally. And so these munches are all about like the social gathering aspect. So some of them will have classes. Some of them will not have classes at all. Some will just be social gatherings where there are different ways where you can identify that you are new. Like if I was going to wear like, you know, like a date, like a red um, rose. Right. That's like a thing. Um, And so it's kind of similar to that aspect of like, I'm going to wear this thing. It signifies I'm new, which means that I am welcoming other people to come up, approach me and talk to me and invite me into this community. There are munches that are exclusively for queer people, gay people, awesome. lesbians, straight people, you know, and there there's all kinds of types and each one kind of has their own personality. Like, oh, there was a speed dating one. Yeah. That yeah. was a cool one that I heard about. That wasn't a munch. Yeah. But it was an event. Similar type of event. And yeah. Th- it's just so, so interesting how many different types of events that are happening with A lot of them are sandwiched community. together, too. Like, I'll talk yeah. about two really quickly. So one of them was the speed dating, right? And so basically for anyone who wanted to participate in speed dating for kinky people. Which is not the event that we went to. No. But an event that I heard about at this event. Just totally. for clarity's sake. Totally. Continue. And so it was one of those things where it's like, you know, this event starts at nine, but if you want to be part of speed dating, come at eight, you know? And so that was that round where you got to chat with people. You had a number, you kind of identified yourself. If you were a sub, a switch or a top or a dom, you went around and chatted with people. And if they wanted to reach out to you, everyone had different cards where they can write down your number and say like, Hey, here is how to contact me, whether that's actual personal information or like a social network, things like that. And then at the end of that experience, everyone had cups on a table with their number on it. So the idea was, you know, hey, my number is one, your number is two. We're chatting. We're hitting it off. I want to see you again. And I'm going to leave that up to you. But I'm going to make sure I tell you. So on my little note, I'd say, you know, hi, I'm number one, also known as this, if I want to say that. Your number was number two. I would really love to get in contact with you. You're great. We had a great conversation, whatever. And then I would go on my own. I would stick that in your cup. Okay, cool. So then at the end of the night, you can go grab the information so that you can connect with people that you want to connect with. And then afterwards, it was followed by an event. Similarly, I went to a class that was all about caning. Okay. And so the caning class was... Different than whips. Different than whips. Okay. Yeah. And it's not like a traditional cane. Like you would think like, okay, like grandpa is walking over with a cane. It's <laughs> not that. about to hit me with that. It looks and typically is like a thinner piece like of- Like a stick? Like bamboo almost. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there are canes that are made out of that. And then there are different variances. So this particular class went over the materials that are safe to use, materials that can crack and harm you. Okay. Um, how to condition the tools that you're using, right? And then it also, like most classes do, want to emphasize that, <laughs> uh, like most classes do, it went over primarily anatomy, body anatomy. Where do I hit someone, quote unquote, safely, right? Like nothing that we do is like relatively safe, but where can I do this without causing permanent damage, right? Mm. Where am I avoiding? I'm avoiding the spine and the tailbone. Where does the tailbone end? Well, guess what? It changes depending on your positioning. And it, the person's body too. And the person's body. 
And so, you know, this one had an impact class that covered caning and like how to do that relatively safely, right? As safe as you possibly can. Are there demonstrations during this class? Yes. So just like the munch we went to, it was rough housing, right? And so she was kind of showing where you could kind of like smack someone or give them a little love tap or whatever. She right? talked about slapping someone in the face and how yeah. to do it safely. Yeah. That was super interesting. Totally. Something like don't hit someone in the ears because that's going to fucking suck for the yeah. person receiving or their that cheekbone or their jaw or their cheekbone or their jawline. You want to go typically, no matter what impact scene you're doing, you want to go for whatever's like the flushiest, muscly, fattest, part. muscly, totally whatever. on any body type. Yeah, so, like, this class kind of went over, like, similar things where there was a model who had pre-negotiated and pre-talked, pre-consented to being first a model for the demonstration, to being hit with things, where that was happening, how to explain things. It's something that everyone agreed to what they were doing before they got there, right? Awesome. As an educational kind of, like, standpoint, like, you should do that anyways, but especially if you're being a model for something. Absolutely. You should be doing it with someone who you can get references for, just like a job, right? Can you do this job? Yep. How, how do I know you can do this job? I want to hear from a few people that you've worked with before. You know, can you tell me that, you know, these people are just vouching for you. This was my experience with them. This is how they're like, yada, yada. Right. Totally. In the kink community, you do the same thing. It's called vetting. Um, And you can ask for references. And that's a fucking normal thing. And it should be. And if someone doesn't want to do that, then (laughs) I wouldn't personally play with someone who I had no reference for unless I knew them incredibly well. And it was a learning experience for everyone where we were like, we're going to go into this. This is, you know, my signal for I want to stop. This is my signal for I want to slow down. Typically in a scene, that's going to be yellow and red, right? Just like anything else in life when you're driving. Yellow is typically, I don't want everything to stop, but like, give me a minute. Let's check in. Let's pause for a second, but I'm not completely out of it. Whereas something like red is going to be stop. The scene's done. Something's wrong. Something, you know. I want to stop, whatever that kind of means. But it's essentially, let's stop now, you know? So those are pretty common safe words. Yeah. And so, you know, in a class setting, you'll have that too. She didn't use it because she didn't need to. Um, She negotiated it beforehand. They knew it was coming. Totally. They knew it was coming. And and even if she had called out those terms during, it would have been respected. Totally. So it's kind of an interesting thing where a class or a munch can be sandwiched with an event, but it's not... Always Always the the case. case. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm learning a lot. I hope if you guys are still listening that you are also learning a lot. And thank you for sticking with us through this fun and quote taboo subject that is exactly why we're having this conversation because I don't think it should be taboo. I know Jojo doesn't think it should be taboo. Fuck no. (laughs) I think there's a lot of empowerment that can, can be tapped into through expressing oneself and if you have, you know, desires or sexual interests or even just like interests that kind of overlap that aren't even sexual in nature that you should feel empowered to go and explore that and figure out more about yourself. Just like Jojo has learned about herself uh, and the other people that I was fortunate enough to meet and mingle with at the one event that I attended, which was awesome in so many different ways and so insightful. So thank you for sharing all of that. Some of the other things that I wanted to go over as we're wrapping up here is 
any tips that you have for people who are listening to this right now, who are interested in getting involved, maybe they're just curious, just quote noobs who maybe want to get involved in resources that they can tap into or just pro tips that you have from your own experience of having been involved as long as you have been. Totally. So the biggest thing that I will stress to anyone who's new is get the fuck into the community, meaning you should be going to munches. You should be going to classes. Um, In Portland, there is a person who hosts kind of like 101 courses, if you will, that run through all kinds of information that's completely insightful for new people. I think it's really easy when you're excited about anything to like want to just like jump into it, right? Like if I'm fucking stoked to go snowboarding and I just go and I go down a black diamond, I'm going to die. <laughs> just going to like that's not safe. Totally. Instead, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to classes. I'm going to go with friends. I'm going to say, hey, you know, like, can you help me out with this? Things like that. The same similar concept of learning is going to be applied when you're doing something like this, especially since a lot of it taps into safety and body anatomy and permission, negotiation, consent, you are going to want to familiarize yourself. So you're going to want to like look up, you know, local munches and stuff like that. For people who are in remote areas, you are going to have to travel to a major city. That's just how it is with anything you do. Even if you're going to a concert, right, and you're in a super fucking remote area, you're going to have to travel for that. No one's going to come to your small ass hometown. It's just not going to (laughs) happen. As someone who comes from a small hometown, I know it just doesn't happen. So you have to go to a major city and you should be going to classes, 101 courses, munches exclusively and only until you feel comfortable to go to the next step, which would be more, you know, like going to a club, going to a club, uh, meeting someone for a scene, anything like that. Like the, you need to get educated first and foremost otherwise why try it all so jump in but slow and steady get educated along the way go at your own pace it's not a race the community is not going to evaporate into nothingness if you don't jump in on everything now it sounds like a lot of these events are rotating so like if you listen to jojo's story about the femdom uh, experience at the club and you want to do that probably there's another one of those coming up every month yeah and that's a big thing like it's normal to be excited when you have this like new opportunity of learning right and that can be applied in many contexts for me I experienced the same thing where it's called sub frenzy okay and <laughs> I was the sub <laughs> I was in a frenzy I wanted to learn <laughs> I wanted to do all the damn things so like That meant me pretty much every night going to a class, going to a munch, going to an event, meeting people, doing all the things. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but something you can do easily is burn yourself out to where you're like, oh my God, I'm going to not talk to anyone for like seven days fully and like barely live. (laughs) I'm just going to recoup, you know? So take your time. Be excited. Be fucking lustful for learning because that's hot as shit. It's fucking amazing. (laughs) So do that. Google it up. Learn as much as you can. Educate yourself. You know, start going to classes. Educate yourself so that, you know, an impact class could look like something that's only for someone who wants to do the hitting or do the impact, right? But really, it's for everyone. It's I I would argue it's almost more for people who would bottom or be a sub or are masochists. Like, the receiving end of that, I would argue it's more important for you to go. Mm. Because then you know, like, Based on biology and where the fuck my anatomy is, you shouldn't be doing that. 
And I'm Ooh. going to tell you, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, you got to protect yourself. Totally. Just like anything. You know what I mean? And this is like super common in sports too. If you're starting a new sport, you're not going to go to any kind of like practice or you're not going to get taught by someone, whatever. Like, no, that doesn't happen. Like you have to be taught things because that is how we learn things. That's just you how. You build up that stamina and that totally. endurance. Yeah. So you can get to that point. And so that knowledge, that intellect, you know what I mean? Right. Like pick up all that stuff. So that is my biggest thing. If I can encourage anything Meet new friends, meet your community, get out there, go to classes. If you're going to be freaking excited and ready to go, go out on all cylinders, go to classes every day. I don't fucking care what you do with your time. Just don't do something extreme without knowledge that could end up in harm and it could end up discouraging you from experiencing all of the great things that you can experience. Awesome. Closing up here, some things that I wanted to ask you. Three different words that you could use to describe your experience in the kink community would be? Creative, open-minded, and accepting. Mm, I love that. And then something that you'd like our listeners to know about this community is? All communities are going to look differently. You have these different kind of groups and dynamics, even within your own friend groups, within your lifestyle, you know, it's a different setting. If you're going out for happy hour with your coworkers, than if you're going out with all of your friends, right? It's just different. So all communities are different. I would say get into your community, your local community, as much as you can. They're going to be there to help educate you, share that knowledge, share the experience and share space for you. But that Honestly, that's one of the phrases you'll hear a lot is, you know, creating space for you. I am Mm. creating space for you. I'm holding space for you. Thank you for sharing your space with me. Things like that. And it's really like all of our lives are full. We all got shit to do. We all have our jobs, our busy lives, school, maybe kids, maybe a marriage, a partnership of some kind. We all have a lot going on. But the thing is, this community and your local community, like whatever it may be and stuff like that, they will create space for you. They will create that time, that energy, that love, all those things. They're going to create space for you and they're going to be able to hold you. That's awesome. Thank you. My last question for you is what is your soul full of? My soul. What's it full of? Perversion. (laughs) (laughs) The best goddamn kind. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody who's been listening to this episode. Thank you for holding space for me today. Thank you for sharing space with me and drinking wine with me and hanging out. Awesome. I learned a lot. I hope if you're listening to this that you learned a lot. There's so much more to this. I'm sure we could do a whole nother episode about it if you want to connect with jojo and you want to know more about her or get involved have questions please dm me at soul full of it on instagram and i'm happy to connect you with her and help answer any of those questions that come up and if you love this episode let us know if you didn't love it just go away (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding you don't need to go away but like congrats for like actually listening to this whole episode you're (laughs) I don't know why you listened to it if you didn't like it uh that tells me you actually did like it (laughs) you just probably you're about to google some of this shit so (laughs) let's be real it's all good I'm grateful that you came and shared your story your experience with people 
I think that's so empowering for people to know anybody can be a part of a community like this. There's a lot of assumptions that exist around it. Many of them are negative. And I know that just from knowing you and hearing more about your experience, I've learned so much and I've been empowered to understand how other people are navigating their lives and how things like this can be a piece of empowerment. And I just think that's super rad. So thank you so much again, Jojo, for sharing your story with me, sharing your story with everybody else. And like I said, if people loved it, let us know. We can do a round two. I feel like there's even more (laughs) to talk about. Like maybe I'll go to another munch or like something else. Just kidding. I probably won't go to something else. I feel like I'll be eating a lot. I don't know if there's a day where you're going to be ready. (laughs) I know, right? I like have to roll in with some bodyguards or something. Or maybe I'm like running in there and you're like, whoa, the door though. That's a thing. I am too sober for this this shit and if I get drunk I'm in harm's way so anyways that's enough from us I hope that you guys have a great rest of your day thank you so much for hanging out with us you rock go do empowered shit if you're feeling kinky Google is there for you you can find anything on the internet be careful the internet is dark and full of horrors or what is that Game of Thrones quote Dark and full of terrors. There we go. The night is dark and full of terrors. I don't know. That that phrase sounded exciting to me, so I really don't know what to tell you. And I am getting JoJo very excited, so I got to go. She's got to go. Have a great day. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Bye. Bye. Bye.